Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When a young couple gets a job working at the local YWCA, they have no idea they're about to work there forever. And then we've all heard stories about the men in black, these mysterious government goons who show up to interrogate anyone who reports a UFO sighting. Well, today we hear the story of a man who took on one of these MIB agents in hand-to-hand combat, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some cool plans for the weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover. First off, let's bring in our newest Patreon supporter, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, flexing his muscles. This is a muscle-bound episode, guys. Give it up for Jeremiah Sign Graham. Yeah, ooh. Make sure you're flexing while you're clapping. Jeremiah, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand it. Just help spread the word about this show. That really, really helps out a lot. Also, this weekend is the last time to submit your entry to the Earth First episode. I want a recording of you chanting Earth First at least three times. I'm going to mix it into a remastered version of the Earth First episode. Deadline is Valentine's Day at midnight. So let's get that in if you want to be part of Dead Rabbit Radio history. I've gotten a ton of entrance already. It's going to be great. And I also want to give a shout out to the Asylum Case Studies. This is a podcast hosted by my friend Tressa. And she had me on her show. She was gracious enough to have me on her show where we reviewed the movie Death Racer starring the insane clown posse. It's a lot of fun. So check that out. Those links are in the show notes if you want more Jason over the weekend. Jeremiah, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dune Buggy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed all the way out to Alton, Illinois. driving out there kicking up dust it's the 1930s everyone's like doing the flapper dances and stuff like that on the streets and people are also jumping to their death they're like "Ah, i lost all my money and while this is all going on there's a ywca in alton illinois this is a place where the young women go and work out i guess i don't really know what happens here isn't it like a big clubhouse i don't know could have researched it (laughs) but i didn't YWCA, this place has a giant swimming pool, and there's a family that works there. There's a father, his name is John Grumper, and then his wife, Mrs. Grumper, and they have a daughter named Elizabeth Grumper. And John Grumper, he did all the building maintenance at night. Mrs. Grumper, she was the maid. Elizabeth Grumper was just right. Her porridge is perfect. And while they were working, Elizabeth Grumper would go swimming in the pool all by herself. So I'm imagining she's probably like six, somewhere between the ages of when you can swim and an adult is how old she is. We don't have her actual age. So Elizabeth Grumper is swimming in the pool every night while John Grumper is like fixing pipes. Uh, uh, 
There you go, pipe. And then Mrs. Grumper is... How do you have a maid in a YWCA? What's she doing, like, making bed sheets? But anyways, I don't know. Maybe there's beds in the YWCA. Again, <laughs> I know nothing about the place. Well, one night, when John was going about his business maintaining the place, he walks through the gymnasium where the pool is, and he sees his daughter dead. She's floating upside down in the pool. I, I can't imagine. I don't have kids. And this is really the reason why. I don't like losing. I don't like losing anything. But, you know, I can buy a new laptop. I can buy new clothes. I can't imagine the loss of, like, losing a kid. Like, that terrifies me. That's honestly, like, keeps me from having kids. So, anyways, this <laughs> that's what he's going through right now. One of my greatest fears he's going through right now. He sees his daughter floating in the pool, and he freaks out. This story's weird, by the way. This story, this story's so odd, and this is where it really gets weird. Imagine you saw. Well, actually, don't, please do not imagine you were watching your child drown. But imagine you're John Grumper, right? And you see your daughter. <laughs> it's the same thing. You're still seeing your kid drown. But anyways, he sees his daughter drown. In my, what I would do is, and I'm a bad swimmer, so <laughs> I would join her. But I would go in after her, right? Like she could be blue. And rigor mortis, and I'm still going to do CPR on her. Crabs are coming out of her mouth. She's been in the water for three days. I'm like, yummy, yummy, yummy. Free seafood. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 The reason why I'm saying all this is because he doesn't do any of that. He walks in. He sees his daughter floating upside down in the pool. And he runs away. He's so scared that the fact that his daughter drowned, he runs away. Now, he has underneath the pool bleacher section, like, so, you know, it's like a gymnasium, right? So there's bleachers. So for people, I don't know why there's bleachers. There's people who sit and go, ooh, he's a good swimmer. Because you're watching people swim around, or she's a good swimmer because it's YWCA. But why would you have bleachers at a swimming pool? But anyways, so it's not like a sporting event. I mean, if it is, she lost. She's drowning or drowned. So he gets scared. Now, underneath the bleachers is his workshop. He runs in there and he's hiding because he just saw his dead daughter. And then a couple minutes pass and he hears a... And he the door to his workshop is opening. And he's peeking. He's, he's working on something. He's like, oh, might as well, might as well fix these pipes while I'm in here. He turns around and he sees standing in the doorway his daughter, dripping wet. Her hair, black hair, all covering her face. She looks like Samara from The Ring. She's just standing there. I don't know if she's all fidgety, but she's standing there, dripping wet. She's ghost, right? Like this might be the record for a ghost turnaround. Like she just died. Now her ghost is like opening doors. That's pretty, it's actually pretty powerful for a ghost. Most ghosts can't do that. So he does the, this is where he acts how I would act if I was in a workshop and I saw a ghost. He grabs a tool from his workbench and begins stabbing, <laughs> stabbing the ghost. Stick, 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 stick. And the ghost uh, starts um, bleeding, <laughs> bleeding human blood and screaming out loud. And that's when Mrs. Grumper runs in and John is killing this ghost. And Mrs. Grumper goes, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You're killing our daughter. And he goes, no, this was a ghost. I saw her die just a few minutes ago. And she goes, oh, I pulled her out of the pool and gave her mouth to mouth. That... She was alive. She was alive. He just stabbed her to death. So now John is looking down at his dead daughter. And apparently 
Mrs. Grumper tried getting the screwdriver, whatever it was, from John Grumper, and he says she accidentally fell on the screwdriver multiple times in the liver and the kidney, and then the mom died as well, and then in his sorrow, the fact that he's looking at his dead daughter and his dead wife, and he, realized he's re he realizes that he's responsible for it, he writes a suicide letter saying... That the YWCA is haunted by demons, and the demons must have tricked him. The demons made him a coward. The demons made him kill his daughter and his wife, and he hung himself from the main staircase. Now, that's not an urban legend. We've been covering a lot of urban legends this week. That's not an urban legend. That is an actual ghost story coming out of the Alton, Illinois, YWCA, which is a real place. What is interesting about this, the reason why I wanted to profile this, is that is dumb. That ghost story is dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not saying people don't act irrationally, right? People do act irrationally. I read about it all the time when I'm looking at these true crime stories that I don't cover on the show because they're far too disturbing. But I still read them. People act irrationally all the time. This story doesn't make sense. This story doesn't make sense at all. And the reason why I wanted to cover it, and here's the thing, it very well could be true, right? Because people do act irrationally. But I could only find one source on this story, as much as I could look, and it's from the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society. And what they do is they charge you 25 bucks to walk around the YWCA with, with a flashlight at night. Uh, 20 people uh, are the max, too. So you can make some serious cash walking around the YWCA going, There's a ghost! Oh, you, oh, you just missed them. There's a ghost! Okay, to be fair, I never got on the tour. I don't know if they're fraudsters. I don't think they are. But I'm super curious about the origin of this story. And what's interesting is they repeat it on two different web pages on the same website, and it's different. The story's different. One of the versions has more details, and the other one leaves some stuff out, and... This is really weird. Again, the ghost story itself... I want to dissect... Let's dissect the ghost story real quick. First off, I've, I've started coming to the conclusion that it's very common to see the victims become the ghosts. We see that a lot in ghost lore. Someone dies a tragic death and their ghost is haunting the hotel room. There's like a showgirl in a saloon and she gets shot by her lover and her ghost is haunting the saloon. It's very common. And a lot of times the murderers themselves sometimes become ghosts, sometimes become monsters, but very rarely monsters. A lot of times they don't show up at all. And what was interesting was I was looking around their website and I could have missed something, but generally the only ghosts that are seen here are Elizabeth and Mrs. Grumper. And I wasn't able to confirm that these people even existed, right? This is one of the stories that you would assume would be in the newspaper because it's so weird. A guy... Act and also, that would be the thing. Like, why would he... Would he put in his suicide letter, I was scared... Because everyone who witnessed this is dead. He would have had to put in his, his suicide letter, I was super scared, I thought my daughter died, I ran away. Like, if... I'm not going to commit suicide, but if I was going to commit suicide, my suicide note would be bomb. I'd be like, oh yeah, I might as well tell all you guys this now. I totally beat up Satan. I punched him in the nards. And that is why I'm killing myself, because he's coming after me. I don't ever plan on killing myself, but I think people would lie in suicide letters, right? I don't know. Maybe I've never committed suicide, so I don't know. But I would assume you would go out with your best foot forward. Like, you dress up like a little tuxedo, a little top hat. And um, write a stellar suicide note. But again, I don't know. I've read some suicide notes. And they do tend to be like that. They're quite spectacular, really. So, so there's 
there's some good there's some good ones out there. As <laughs> horrible as that sounds, I've been thinking about reading one on the podcast. I'm trying to find the right time for you. Like <laughs> Jason, please don't. This woman wrote a suicide letter, and it is like like that. That actually that uh, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> Jason, please please don't put that on TikTok. Don't put that anywhere else. We have that. We have the weird ghost story, but then we have the idea that if this story is made up, it's the dumbest made up story you could possibly make up, right? Like you would figure. If I was a member of the St. Louis Paranormal Research Society and I made it up, and I'm not really accusing them of making it up, I'm not saying that it's real either, this is a weird story, but I would have made it more believable. I would have said there was a, I would have, I would have had the murder, right? That totally works. But why is the guy running away from the body? There's just too many questions. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I'm looking at plot holes in his suicide letter. I was like, oh, oh, you goof. So anyways, maybe I'm overthinking this whole thing. I find it, do find it odd that the only source for this story are the people who will charge you money to go walk around the YWCA. However, in their defense, I looked at the Yelp reviews for the YWCA. They're all about the tour. Like, if you go to the YWCA's review site, it's like, oh, it was had so much fun. And so, apparently, the ghost tour is kicking. So, if you're in the area, $25 isn't bad. It's a couple hours. You walk around. You get to be told, there's a ghost. I oh, just missed him and do the EVPs and stuff like that. I mean, I would do it. 25 bucks isn't a ton of money. I would go in there, but I'd also be a little suspicious that the story is just so ridiculous. It's too ridiculous to be true. Is it, You know what I mean? But, I mean, again, we've talked about Bigfoot wearing backpacks. We've talked about... So I don't know why I'm hung up on this story. I'm like, what? That's a bridge too far. Anyways, I thought that was an interesting story. If you are local to the area, take the ghost tour. Tell us what you think. Um, I'd be very, very curious. You're possessed. You're like, oh, you're just swimming in pools everywhere. You're like, I must return to the watery grave. I'm like, oops, sorry. Maybe I shouldn't recommend people going on ghost tours that I haven't been on myself. Jeremiah, let's go ahead and leave behind that very odd segment. <laughs> what my beef was with it. I do like the story. I did like telling the story, but it's just, it leaves a weird taste in my mouth. But Jeremiah, if anyone thought that story was weird and and they have no idea what's coming up, Jeremiah, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carbon copter. We're leaving behind Alton, Illinois. We're waving goodbye to a very wet ghost. We're headed all the way out to Nevada. Yeah, how come we don't you don't see the murderer's ghost very often? It is weird. So I guess the I guess the implication is they're in hell. Right? I guess that's kind of what we imply. Their spirit's not walking. You do get them from time to time, but it is much more rare. A lot of times it's the person who suffers who's stuck. Weird. Anyways, speaking of weird, this is just absolutely... Let let me see where I want to begin with this guy. Jeremiah, go ahead and put the carpenter copter in neutral. which I guess it's just landing it. There's this guy I just came across him today. His name is Kevin Whiskey. And listen, I, I, I've lived a pretty exciting life, um, but I, it, it's not super soldier exciting. You know, like I've done some cool stuff in my life. I've done some stuff I probably regret or, or will regret when the IRS catches up to me. But I'm, I'm not a super soldier. I'm not one of these people who has pushed my mind and my body and my soul to the limit. Now, we've covered fam- very famous super soldiers on this show. We covered... John Storm a long time ago. He's a man who believes the government hates him so much that they hit him very softly with a car while he was crossing the street one day. Put that episode in the show notes. It's fantastic. He found me, by the way. He's he's one of the many people that I did an episode on. If you look at the YouTube comments, he's like, hey. So and actually, I think I removed it because I was using copyright photos of his. I don't know if the, that 
episodes unlisted or something like that. We'll see. I'll put it in the show notes. But anyways, he found me. And then Max Spears. You guys remember Max Spears? He was really big in the conspiracy theory community. He was a super soldier who went to, if I remember correctly, Romania to be part of some workshop or to give a speech about being a super soldier. And he ended up dying. And like when his friends found him, there was like black goo coming out of his nose. I did an episode on him as well. It was kind of the companion piece to the John Storm episode. Super Soldier, he's very, very famous in the conspiracy theory community. I'm sure a lot of you guys know the name Max Spears. Well, Kevin Whiskey beat him up. Kevin Whiskey tells the story that he met Max Spears, and he thinks that Max Spears, some of the stuff he's saying is true, but he, in, in all, Max Spears was a fraud, and he tested that by tackling Max Spears in a parking lot and realizing that he does not have the strength of a reptilian-trained super soldier. So this is the power level we're talking about. This guy beat up Max Spears and then went on to spend an entire page calling him a heroin addict and that he was just a kid. So Kevin Whiskey is a high-level dude. And so on on this website he's talking about, he describes himself as an international pagan-themed strongman. Don't know what that means. That means if he's juggling totem poles, but he's an international pagan-themed strongman. He's also a master of heavy, and he italicized heavy, master of heavy clubs, maces, and grip strength feats. So this is all. These these are all plot points that are going to come up in this story. So if you ever there, he took footage. There's a YouTube channel. Thankfully, thankfully. Thank the pagan gods that he has a YouTube channel. There's a YouTube video of him at his mobile home park. And he shows outside of it. And he has at least a dozen clubs. <laughs> looks, looks like a caveman lives there. He has these really, really heavy clubs. Out of all the stuff I doubt on this story, I don't doubt that he's strong. Because he owns several clubs. And he has he does a YouTube video. He's holding up these kettlebells. So he also he's a lifelong martial artist. He has a black belt in judo. He's a world famous occultist. I know this is not the first time you guys are hearing about him. I don't know why this show only deals with obscure people and obscure topics. I don't know why I'm talking about Kevin Whiskey. Everyone knows this dude. Uh, politicians call him up. Politicians call him up. And he actually, we talk about Max Spears. He has a whole page saying what a punk Max Spears was and how he was just a heroin addict who died from bad heroin and he easily beat him in the parking lot. Not only does he have his own page about Max Spears, on uh, his main page, his About You page, he has this quote, unlike Max Spears, the dude's dead, by the way. Max Spears has been dead for a couple years now. Unlike Max Spears and others, my arms have actually prevailed over otherworldly forces. So all these other super soldiers, Max Spears said that he fought off a reptilian once. He says, no, I have actually done it. And we're actually going to look at a time that he did. One day, Kevin Whiskey was driving from Idaho to California. And right when he passes the Nevada state line, a feeling of dread encircles him. What? Oh, no. Oh, what's going on? Everything was so good in the state before Nevada. What would that be? Colorado? Uh, or Arizona, whatever. New Mexico. You're like, Jason, buy a map, please. Uh, uh, I'm driving through Nevada. All of a sudden, I feel just horrible. Now, it's not just because he's in Nevada. It's not because Nevada is just a state of Tatooine. He's driving through and he feels this, like, just a sense of dread. 
He's driving down I-5. He's driving down the freeway, and here we go. Quote, a sudden wave of panic hit me so hard. I thought I was blindsided by a vehicle. I white-knuckled the steering wheel and stomped the brakes. So he's sitting there on his truck, completely stopped on I-5, just sweating. Uh, Nevada, Nevada, what are you doing to me? He's frozen in just fear. And so he sits there and he knows how to get out of this. He's been trained to get out of this, right? Pagan-themed, strong man, use your powers. Now remember, in the, in the real world, here's a truck stopped on I-5. Middle of the day, the story's taking place, right? So as this pagan strong man is doing his controlled breathing exercises. I'm good. I'm the best. Mommy loves me. I love myself. As he's sitting on the freeway, on a very, very busy freeway, breathing, doing his controlled breathing for a few minutes, he's finally able to regain his wits. He goes, yes. I'm finally snapped out of the dread. It wasn't It wasn't the blaring honking of horns. It wasn't the several car pileup I caused by coming to a complete stop on I-5. No! It was my controlled breathing I learned from Gwyneth Paltrow when I was saving her from the Pleiadians or whatever made-up story. And so he starts driving down the road again. He just freaked out. He just came to a complete stop. He couldn't even bear the thought of being in Nevada any longer. He's driving down the road, and then all of a sudden, the feelings of dread come over him. And then he starts getting suicidal ideation. Quote, Soon, I caught myself imagining, and vividly, Ways someone might commit suicide in the desert. Isn't there only one, really? Like, you just watch. Just go for a long walk in the desert. I can. The only other things I can think of is, like, death by cactus, um, pissing off a roadrunner. There's not many ways that I could think of someone to kill themselves in the desert, but he's seeing them vividly. He's seeing himself holding up the sign that says, help me. He's thinking about suicidal ideation, thinking about killing himself in the desert. No, no, get rid of those thoughts. Get rid of those thoughts. Crazy thoughts. And he's driving down the road, and then he's pulled over. He's like, what? And if you think this story is disjointed, imagine imagine driving behind this guy. Because what has happened now in a matter of minutes is he slammed on his brakes in the middle of the freeway. Imagined himself falling off of a cliff. With a, with a box of TNT from Acme. And then pulled over for who knows how long. He doesn't know when he pulled over or why he pulled over. He's pulled over on the side of the road. And then, as he's sitting on the side of the road, he is hit with a white hot flash of anger. And he guns it. And he's taken off down the road. So, just to be clear, this guy exists. This is not an urban legend. This is not happening in the 1930s. He is coming to a complete stop and then gunning it on the freeway multiple times. He's probably, at this point, only like three miles into the state of Nevada. And then all of a sudden, woo, woo, woo. He looks in his rearview mirror and he sees a black sedan with the little visor lights, right? It's like an undercover police car. And he's like, you pigs. Oh, those stinkers. (laughs) Those big old stinkers. Those bad boys. Those, those pigs, he keeps calling them pigs. Those pigs is actually making me hungry. Oh, those pigs. I knew they were going to pull me over. They're always on my website, mightandmagic.com. I actually thought his website was a LARP when I first found it, mightandmagic.com. I thought it was like for like some choose your adventure. Anyways, he's driving the car and he sees this undercover cop behind him. He's like, oh yeah, dude, let's do it. Pagan strongman versus law enforcement of Nevada. I think we know who's going to win this one. But this isn't law enforcement from Nevada. He learns this when 
He pulls over like he should, right? I mean, he can call this guy a pig all he wants, but it would it'd be a huge issue if he kept driving. He pulls over, and the black sedan pulls over, and out of this black car steps a man in black. You know what's interesting? When I was prepping this story, I thought, we've never talked about the men in black on the show, and I'm not going to. They're very, very common. I don't think we'll I don't really don't think we've ever talked about men in black on this show. I could be wrong. This might be the first time, or maybe second, but out of eight hundred and some odd episodes, it's weird. But Men in Black pops out. He is six foot six feet tall. Nothing but gangly limbs, very weak looking. Do you even lift, bro? As he's wearing a black trench coat and a black fedora, this gangly tall man is walking towards Kevin Whiskey. It's so funny. This guy thinks he's so important. This guy thinks he's so important. I, I'm looking at notes and I couldn't remember his name. Anyways, he's watching this gangly man walk towards him. And here we get a quote. This is where we really get into the mind of Kevin Whiskey because we know he's a terrible driver. We know you don't want to be anywhere near him. But listen to this. As he's watching this man walk towards him, he goes, quote, I flashed back to my childhood and the very tall, awkward kid I pulverized with a baseball bat, rescuing a cat he was setting on fire to. For a brief moment, I mused it was him seeking revenge. I smiled at the idea of hurting him again. That didn't happen. That, that I, can, I can guarantee you, whatever else in the store, I would th- find it more believable that you took on Max Spears in a parking lot than when you were a kid, you pulverized another kid with a baseball bat because he was setting a cat on fire. And it's almost like he wrote the first part going, yeah, I beat this gangly freak. I beat, you're taller than me. How dare you? And then he's like, oh, wait, that makes me the bad guy. I better give myself, I better give myself a reason for the violence. But he, he's like, maybe it's this dude, right? Maybe it's this dude. Maybe the guy that I pulverized with a baseball bat became a government agent. But anyways, this man in black is walking towards him. And he knows exactly what this is. He's a contactee experiencer, as he puts it. He does a lot of stuff with UFOs as well. So as this man gangles up to him, he said he looked into his eyes. He, Kevin looked into this man in black's eyes. And he had albinism pink eyeballs. He also described the guy's face as being like a burn victim. But I was like, what? That's not an albino. He has albinism pink eyes. And they're hypnotic. Kevin really quickly learns that if he looks right at the dude, he starts to, he starts to like, I don't know, fall in love with him or something. He's like, oh, I want to be a man in black too. So he has to keep looking away from the man in black looking around. Which is so weird because honestly, that sounds like such weak behavior like this guy's like oh if it's this if it's this kid i beat up with a baseball bat oh i can't wait to beat him up again but when it's just like a a member of a government agency he's like oh i can't look at him they're like why not he's like oh because i'm afraid i'll get hypnotized or you just can't look at people in the eyes which is nothing to be afraid of kevin i mean that that's fine that's fine but anyways it turns out that uh, this guy is not a cop. I guess you could have figured out because I've used the term man in black over and over again. This is a man in black and he has no eyebrows. He speaks in a very high-pitched voice. He's like, so, Kevin, we know about your website, whiteandmagic.com on WordPress. Oh, you fool, you think you can get away with this? He, He says his name and he's saying all this stuff. And as he's talking, even though Kevin's not trying to look him in the eyes because he's afraid of him, 
he notices this dude has razor-sharp piranha-like teeth. <laughs> Speaking in this really weird high-pitched voice, this story's so bizarre. So this man in black, he's telling him, like, you're a loser. I'm mean, actually going to give him a deeper voice. You're a loser, Kevin. You're a loser. You've always been a loser. You don't know what's going on in your life. You think that you're moving towards something, but you're not. You're just a loser like every other human. And it's weird. That's that's not far from what he said. He did basically say, quote, you don't know how you feel. You don't know what you are doing in that shit show you call your life and certainly don't know where you are going, not now or in general, unquote. Which again, like, don't rub the salt. Don't rub the salt in the wounds, Mister Men in Black. Like, I get it that you can probably read my mind. You can find my inner fears. But imagine that every time you got pulled over by a police officer, they actually like judged your life choices. Not, not the fact that oh, I see you're using meth. I'm gonna arrest you. But just like, how come you didn't finish your community college degree? You're like, oh, I should have done it. How come you never asked that girl out in high school? Also, here's a ticket for two hundred and twenty dollars. It would be the worst. So this goes on for a while. There's this quote-unquote witty dialogue between the man in black and Kevin, and they're going back and forth. And Kevin, you know, he's getting worked up about this. He's not going to let this guy ruin his trip to California. And he finally has enough of all of these threats, all of these veiled truths about how his life is going nowhere. Kevin says, quote, I make you two promises, you aberrant, fish-faced, mutant piece of shit. One. I am going nowhere with you. And two, what do you think number two is? I'll give you three seconds to guess. One, I'm not going anywhere with you. Two, I'm posting this online. And because of this, because he now knows that this is going to go on this very, very widely trafficked website, mightandmagic.com, because a lot of people go there expecting it to be a D&D resource, the fish-faced mutant loses his temper and goes, looks like we're about to have another missing person. And he lunged at Kevin Whiskey. There's a fight going on now on the shoulder of I-5. You have this six-foot-six gangly man reaching into this car, fish teeth snapping inches away from Kevin's face. Man in Black is using one arm to try to grab the car keys because it's time for another missing person. And while his free hand is clutching Kevin's throat. Now, I know what you guys, I know you guys are scared. I'm scared too, but you know who's not scared? Kevin. Kevin knows exactly what to do. Kevin is ready for this. Quote, those years of crushing closed, heavy hand grippers till blood dribbled out from underneath my fingernails. Ripping giant monster class kettlebells off the ground to overhead till the skin on my hands tore open and swinging large clubs and maces. He's always got to go back to this and swinging large clubs and maces till my forearm muscles swelled. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. There, here's the thing. We know that you're lying, right? But don't make it this obvious, right? I don't think you can squeeze your hand close enough that your fingernails start shooting out blood. I think that's a totally unrelated medical condition, but whatever. And then what was the other one? Oh, lifting monster class kettlebells off the ground till his hands, the skin on his hands, to be fair, the skin on his hands tore open. Those are called blisters, dude. Everyone gets them. And swinging large clubs and maces till my forearm muscles swelled so much I couldn't make a fist. 
Is that possible? I mean, at that point, it's kind of like one of those, uh, what do they call them? Like cankles where like the calf and the ankle just become one because of excess weight. Wouldn't that be like, how can your, how can your forearm get so big that you like, basically you have to like, how would you even eat then? You're just drinking Slurpees all the time, whatever. He, he remembers doing all that stuff. It's going to pay off dividends because he's able to fight off this man in black. But the man in black is so strong, but Kevin's stronger. And he actually breaks the man in black's thumb. He screeches. He starts punching the man in black. But remember, they're fighting in the car. So half of the man in black, I should have given him a fake name. But anyways, half of the man is outside the car and the other half is punching Kevin. Kevin's trying to fight in the car. But there's not a lot of room to do the windup because trust me, if Kevin was up with this is a stand up fight, one punch, this man in black would be down. But because in a car, he's just kind of punching this guy. And at this point, I think we should start to consider the fact this might have happened, right? He might have actually been beating someone up who was inside of his car. Now, I don't know if it's a man in black. I, I highly suspect that it wasn't. But there is a chance that he did get pulled over. He did get pulled over while he's driving down I-5 because he was starting and stopping the car and slamming on the brakes and pulling over for no apparent reason. He got pulled over. And in real life, this is a deputy for the Nevada Highway Patrol or State Patrol, whatever they are. And he's currently getting punched by international pagan strongman Kevin Whiskey. But the man in black starts punching him back. Like, even though there's not a lot of room, the man in black's no longer trying to grab his throat to grab the keys. The man in black's punching him, and he realizes, oh, dude, this dude's super strong. So he actually uses, because his muscles are so big, his muscles are so big, he raises up, and he's able to protect his head with what he calls his meat shield. Because his forearm and his bicep... Now, I said earlier, I go, I don't debate that this guy's strong. He actually does have pictures. He's muscular. I don't think I would call any part of his body a meat shield, but apparently he thinks when he closes his bicep and his forearm, it forms some sort of impervious meat barricade. And so he's punching him. And he, and, but, you know, Kevin does know that the odds are stacked against him. He does say, quote, he had me like a cornered animal, but that animal was a lion. Which I guess the analogy kind of makes sense because lions are powerful, but a, cor a cornered animal is a cornered animal, right? You're not in the winning position. Like, I don't care if you're a cornered elephant. I mean, I would if I was there personally, but still, you're on the defensive. But he's punching. He's punching the meat shield. Da, 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 and he realized, I got to get out of this. So he uses his thumb and sticks it deep into the man in black's ear hole, as he describes it. He drags the man in black almost all the way into his car. And now they're wrestling in the car. How big is this car? Who knows? Point is, is that the story's almost over. So he's wrestling this guy in his car. And then he looks over and, you know, he still might lose because this guy is a man in black. He's a train agent from some other place, possibly a water planet. Kevin sees a screwdriver in like a belt, like a tool belt sitting on a seat. And he's like, uh, uh. or I, I, I'm almost for sure he's going to find this episode. So let me get my facts straight. It's a screwdriver in a tool belt somewhere in the car. Cause he'll be like, well, first off, it wasn't in the seat. Secondly, I am that strong. Anyways, he sees the screwdriver tucked away somewhere in the car and Kevin grabs the screwdriver and then this happens. Now, again, this story, there's there's three possibilities with this story. One, he's totally making the story up. And when this story supposedly took place, he was sitting at home, 
could have been playing WWE 2007 on the PlayStation. That's possibility one. Possibility two is that this man is actually a trained super soldier, international pagan strongman who politicians call up to cast spells. He uses WordPress and he lives in a trailer park. And he fought a real man in black in the desert, face-to-face, deadly combat. Or, the story is real in the sense that Kevin Whiskey got pulled over by a police officer, and in his mind, he has transformed very, very real events into something magical, where his might is evident. So I'll let you figure out which one you want. Either he's completely making the story up, he really fought off a man in black, or he fought a deputy, he fought a member of law enforcement as he as this officer was trying to get his keys. You guys figure out which one you want to believe as I read to you this last paragraph. Max has a screwdriver in his hand. Quote, Handling the screwdriver like an ice pick. I really hope you I really hope you didn't pick the deputy one. Handling the screwdriver like an ice pick, I savagely perforated perforated. Is that how you pronounce it? I know he's gonna come after me, it's so funny. I know it's gonna come after me. He's like, secondly, you don't know how to pronounce the words I use in my stuff. He put holes in this dude. Handling the screwdriver like an ice pick, I savagely perforated. whatever. I savagely put holes in his face and the top of his head like Swiss cheese. His blood was red. I was not necessarily expecting that. That ending line there, that ending line there where he's like, oh, this guy I thought was a space alien is now bleeding very realistic, very red blood. Kind of makes me think that if there is an unsolved, if there is an unsolved police murder in Nevada, you might want to check on this guy because he just pushes the body out of his car and drives away. He actually says, as I'm pushing the body out, as this guy's like, say goodbye, tell my wife I love her. As he's pushing this dude who just got stabbed in the face and the head several times with a screwdriver, falling onto the hot Nevada asphalt, he says, I thought about getting out of the car and finishing him off and taking a trophy, but no, I will just leave I will just leave a man stabbed in the head and face here on the road, on a very, very busy road, and I will drive away. And he does end it like this, because you know this guy's super popular, right? This guy's so famous. He knows they're checking his website. He goes, if by chance... The men in black, if that man in black in particular ever wants a rematch, you know where to find me. A trailer park somewhere in Idaho. Just look for the one, just look for the place that has the most kettlebells. That'll be me, Kevin Whiskey. This is so weird because, again, he's either making it, and if he's making it up, then he's either, there's even a subset to that. He's either a huckster or he has a mental illness. Like, I think someone. I'm not saying he has a mental illness. I'm not trying to diagnose him. Future future judge who's ruling on this case. I think he's either making it up and he's a huckster. And that's where I put a lot of these super soldier type characters, right? Because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good... It is a good way to make money, right? The super soldier thing. You just say a super soldier, you'll get donations. You'll get your own YouTube channel, all this stuff. Books, deals. 
conferences. I'm not jealous either. Like, but I that's a grift. And the reason why I do get upset about it is that young men like Max Spears. I t- I covered this on those episodes, but it was like episode fifty and sixty or whatever. Young men like Max Spears who are looking for something in life, looking for their place in life, fall for this stuff. And I don't know if Kevin is totally making it up to make money. I don't know if he's totally making it up to boost his ego. I don't know if he thinks it's real and it's some sort of hallucination or it turns out to be some dream puzzle. Because I've been going through his website. Trust me, we will be returning to this guy. He figured out the missing 411 mystery. He knows what's happening. So is it a grift? Is it him just making it up because it's fun, funny, right? This story's pretty funny. <laughs> a guy gets stabbed enough the screwdriver. That, I, I'm accepting of all of those, right? If it's a mental illness and he's hallucinating stuff, you know, I wish him the best. What my concern is, is that he's not making it up. And it, here's the thing. I don't believe that he's international paranormal, what was it, international pagan strongman, right? He has all these feats. He's the first person to ever lift 80 pounds of kettlebell over his head or something like that. I don't know if that's real. I doubt he's the first person. If he's experiencing real events, if he actually is driving on the road and stopping and starting the car and pulling off to the side and acting super weird, it's incredibly dangerous, right? I don't need... You're like, really? What? Oh, no, you're stopping the car right now to listen to the podcast. Home did home did home cars are just flying by you. Super dangerous. That's concerning to me. Like, if he's making it up, I was like, ah, it's a good grift, whatever. Like, if I had less scruples, I would do it. I would have totally said I was from Atlantis three years ago and all that stuff. But I don't like the grift. I like the fun. I like sharing stories with you guys that I find interesting. But if he actually thinks this is happening, and I do, it's funny because, yeah, I sure, I, I actually believe that there is a group like Men in Black out there, and they may actually call themselves the Men in Black. I do believe there's a group of government agents that harass UFO contactees. I, 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 think, that's, I, I think that's pretty common knowledge in UFO lore. And then some people say the, the men in black are from other planets or they're interdimensional. I'm, op- I'm actually open to all that stuff. What I don't believe is that this man lifted clubs so much that he became so muscular he can't close his fists. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. And so when you have a detail that's absolutely so ridiculous in the story to make you the strongest guy in the world and you're beating up a reptilian, everything comes suspect. It's so funny because the individual elements of it... I can kind of believe, right? I believe I believe muscle, muscular people can drive cars. I believe that there are men in black, and I believe some of them may be alien. I, I, there's no reason why I wouldn't think that. But I don't believe this story. So again, either he's making it up, or, or I'm wrong, and this actually happened, this is a historical event, or he stabbed a dude in the face on I-5 with a screwdriver. Like he straight up assaulted this guy. And then just drove away. Like the most likely scenario is this dude made it up. The second most likely scenario is he he murdered a man. He took a screwdriver and dug it through the back of this dude's skull. And then stuck him a few more times in the face and then pushed him out of the car. And what's creepy about it is it does line up to a police encounter, right? And I'm thinking, why would the man in black have police lights on their car? So there is a scenario of this where he gets pulled over by an unmarked police car because he was driving erratically. The cop showed up and was like, hey, can I see your license registration? Asking totally normal questions. And Kevin sees a monster in front of him. 
He's full-on hallucinating. There's a monster standing in front of him, talking in a really high-pitched voice. You're such a loser, Kevin, and your mother doesn't love you, and your dad was right about you. You should have been aborted. And he's like, ah! And the officer's really just saying, hey, um, yeah, so can I get your license? I've been standing here for three minutes. And then a fight breaks out. And the officer goes to pull the keys out of the car, which they very well can do, right? In that type of situation, they can't, they just pull you over and take your keys out. But I mean, if they think you're a flight risk, if they think you're dangerous, they're going to try to stop that car. And then someone, Kevin, dragged this officer into the car and began stabbing him in the head with a screwdriver and pushed him out of the car. That's the second most likely scenario with this story. First most likely scenario, he's a grifter. And grifters got a grift, right? But the second most, the second most likely scenario is that when I was randomly looking for funny and weird and spooky stories to share with you guys, I came across the man admitting to murdering someone on I-5 and just driving away. And I was just clicking around his website. This was the second article I found. The first one was how missing 411 happened. This was the second one. The third one was him beating up Max Spears. And I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea where this journey is going to take me. I could be a LARP, right? I could be only halfway through it and it's super funny. And it turns out this guy's playing a joke on all of us. But if it, if he is joking, he's gone to full extremes. He did buy dozens of clubs and kettlebells. So we may be looking, I would love to look at more Kevin Whiskey stuff. Again, he's probably going to find me. He'll probably challenge me to a kettlebell off. At best, he might actually try to murder me for all I know. He might come after me with a screwdriver. Um, yeah, absolutely insane story. Best case scenario, he's making this up for attention and for money. Worst case scenario, I just read you a confession of a man who got away with murder. And is still out there. He's still, if you're a resident of Idaho, be careful driving behind any trucks. Because it's possible you may actually be driving behind international pagan strongman Kevin Whiskey. And he is a bad dude. Because you know what they always say. Never get in a fist fight with a man who's so strong, he can't even make a fist. deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio tiktok is at deadrabbitradio deadrabbitradio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but I'm so glad you listened to it today have a great weekend guys and send me your earth first stuff if you really want to be in deadline is Monday midnight please it, it will be awesome thank you Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale. 
at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.